On episode 90 of the High Performance Leadership Podcast, understanding yourself to understand others. It's more of about saying, this is my behavioral style, this is my personality style at work. But also at the same time, I realize that my enthusiasm might rub other people wrong. You're listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast, insights and information from world-class leadership experts. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Randy Lane. I'm going to do this intro a little different because this is our 90th episode. I'm joined by Brooke Borg. Say hello, Brooke. Hi. So on today's episode, I sat down with Kent Hutchinson. He's one of our 360 strategic partners, and he helps us out with training sometimes. About two months ago, he helped facilitate a training here in Waco with local area nonprofits. It's a program we do called Charity Champions. Basically, he was taking people through a course to build stronger relationships and build stronger teams in organizations. And at the time, Brooke was a participant with one of the nonprofits. So Brooke, tell me, what are some of the things that you remember specifically when you were going through his presentation? I think that some of the things that I remember recognizing first when you're in a group atmosphere, how you work Mm -hmm. and understanding your processes and how you not only retain information, how you give information. Do you need that piece of paper or is an email work for you? Once you can stop and take a minute and evaluate yourself and the style of work environment that works best for you, then that helps to be able to work with others. Excellent. Okay. So now we'll go to our interview with Kent Hutchinson. All right, Kent. Well, you're in our studio here in Waco, Texas. You are not from Waco, Texas. I am not from Waco, Texas by my accent. You can tell I'm from (laughs) deep east Texas, Nacogdoches, Texas. And the last time you were on the podcast, I think it was two studios ago. So it's been a bit since you've been here doing a podcast with us. It has. And I was passing through Waco then, and I I was on my way to a two-day leadership retreat at the time. And so we talked about the leadership retreats. Mm-hmm. And so what are you doing in Waco this time? I am uh, here uh, actually helping with 360 Solutions and helping with the Charity of Champions program. And this morning uh, I had the opportunity to, to talk to and work with, I guess, about 80, 85 nonprofit executive directors and board members. And we talked about teams and teamwork. And it was kind of a fun, interactive day. And so when you were thinking about addressing this kind of group, what did you do with putting your putting your curriculum together for that? Well, initially, you know, one, I wanted to, you know, I always, always want to look at the desired outcomes. And so the Charity of Champions folks gave me, you know, the idea. Chip gave me some ideas of what he wanted to, to cover. But also I looked at the number, the number of folks that were involved. And I think that's key because I wanted to do some hands-on things. But obviously with, you know, 85, 90 people in a short period of time, it's difficult to do that without multiple facilitators. Today we really focused on relationships and how relationships really drive teams and teamwork. You had several different exercises for us to go through. Why do you think it's important not to just stand up in front of the crowd and lecture and maybe use some PowerPoint? Why do you like to break it up with different activities? Well, I, I think it's, it's it's the adult learning model. The adult learning model, and this, this is a true even in business meetings, and I think we, my wife is a faculty member for, for a university, and she comes home every day and complains about her faculty meetings, how they just <laughs> drone on and on and on. And I'd say these same practices we use in training or learning experiences would work in the business environment as well. And it's adults learn primarily three different ways. You do have your, your visual learners. Mm-hmm. Those are folks that need to see the materials. They need, they, need, they need to see the data you're talking about. They need to see something, a picture, a visual. 
Then you have your audio learners. Those are the folks that do pick up through just having a dialogue or through having discussions or lecture mm-hmm. or you sharing information. Then you have your kinesthetic learners. And your kinesthetic learners are your hands-on, tactile folks. And if you're going to be successful, I think, in whether it's a business meeting or whether you're in a training or even in today's environment like we did today uh, here in Waco, we wanted to make sure we touched on all three of those. Mm-hmm. And so we, so I did have some PowerPoint. We did do some visuals where I showed them material. I was obviously lecturing and guest talking about the concepts. And then we also did some hands-on activity. It is funny. You would think that the hands-on activity would have the most activity, but towards the end there, you were showing some slides with information and people had their phones out and they were trying to get pictures of it. So you could see they were learning in all different sorts of ways. Exactly. And, and, and really, you do want to, you want to touch on all three. We tend to teach to, to our preferred style. We all mm-hmm. tend to teach. I'm a visual person, so obviously I like doing posters and flashcards and so forth. I am not an audio learner. I, I, have to, I really struggle to listen and to hear from just someone lecturing to me. In fact, you know, I go to church and my, my mom's just so happy. I married a lady who takes me to church periodically. <laughs> and my mom, you know, she'll say, did you go to mass today? I'm like, yes, I went to mass, mom. And she'll say, great. What did the priest talk about? Um, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I'm, 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 and I'm not even sure, you know, uh, and I, and, but it's, but I remember going to see, see Stephen Covey when he came to Nacogdoches one time. And I was so excited about seeing Stephen Covey speak. And I was, Looking because I'd read his books and and I was just really exciting and I don't know if you've ever seen Stephen Covey in person, but he's not the most dynamic <laughs> speaker. He has a very methodical. So it was very difficult to listen to him. But I remember going in this this coliseum with seven thousand people and and I was so excited. I brought my family in and I sat down and I remember sitting on the edge of my seat and I listened to everything he said and I even got a headache. Because, I mean, I was concentrating <laughs> on everything he said. And I didn't understand about half of what he said. Mm-hmm. But I walked out of there, wow, I just heard the greatest speech ever and so forth. And I remember my wife telling me, oh, my God, that was a waste of time. <laughs> and, and I went into it with the attitude that I knew that audio was not my learning style. Mm. And I had to work at it. And so I sat on the edge of my seat and I worked at it. And I walked out of there feeling like, wow, I got a lot out of it. So I do think our attitude going, going into it. Uh, helps our learning style. But yes, you do have to touch on all three of those. And people did learn today by different styles, whether it was the hands-on, the audio, as well as the visuals. I think some of the folks like seeing the materials. It's interesting because you and Chip have very similar styles where you kind of get out there in front of people and you're very dynamic. And I remember at a product certification we had recently, we had uh, Roger Allen there, Dr. Roger Allen, and he's much more measured. He's not quite as dynamic but he is just a wealth of knowledge. And I'm probably different from you in the fact that I can get my information through auditory. That's why I love podcasts. So I was just soaking it up, but I could see where some people would kind of check out or maybe look away or, or, you know, check out their phone. Cause if it's not engaging them right then, they're just going to lose attention. Well, and and you talk about the audio and, and, you know, you and I have had this conversation about podcasts, and obviously I like being on the podcast. I like, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I do listen to the podcast, but I have to consciously listen to the podcast. Right. I remember I was at one time several years ago, I was driving back and forth to Beaumont, Texas. So I had two and a half, three hours from East Texas, Nacogdoches to Southeast Texas. And I thought, oh, I'm going to learn Spanish. And so I bought <laughs> the Spanish tapes, and, you know, it was supposed to be designed for you to, to really pick up. And I had some workbooks, and I was looking at the workbooks. And I remember listening to those 
uh, putting those CDs in. It was the old CDs, and I put mm-hmm. the CDs in my truck. And within 30 minutes, I was thinking about something else, and I was like, what am I listening to? <laughs> and so, I, you know, audio is very challenging for me. I have to be really thought-provoking for that. That's I interesting. To, I really have to. And so that's why I don't listen to a lot of podcasts here. I want people to listen to podcasts. <laughs> but I have to sit down and listen to a podcast. I can't just put it in my car. I'll listen for the first few minutes, and then I get caught up into whatever my mind is thinking. Was it one of those where you have to repeat back the phrase so yes. you can kind of practice it? So, mm-hmm. That didn't keep you engaged? Didn't keep you You know, because I'd, I'd let one slide, let one slide, or maybe I'd say, oh, I'm like this, let me make this turn. Yeah. You know, and I would just, all of a sudden, I, was, I wasn't paying attention to it anymore. Of course, you know, the same thing my wife and I joked about when we had small children, and you probably remember this, uh, we would be listening to Disney and drop them off the school, then we'd drive on to work and... Next thing you know, we realize, oh my gosh, for the last 15 minutes I've been listening to Disney and I don't have a kid in the car. <laughs> you know, you just kind of tune out. So everybody learns a little different. And I think that's, yeah. that's the key thing is you got to recognize that everybody learns differently. And what the research shows is that adults learn those three styles, auditory, uh, visual, and kinesthetic. And what you want to do, and this is true even in a business meeting. Uh, a board meeting. You want to touch on all three of those styles. I serve on several nonprofit boards. Financial side is not my strength, mm-hmm. and so when they get up, if the finance guy gets up and just starts spouting out numbers, that's all they are to me. Yeah. I, I, they mean absolutely nothing mm-hmm. unless I can actually see the spreadsheet. And really, even then, I went. I was on the Girl Scout board of directors, and I had to go to our CFO, and I said, "Look, I can read a spreadsheet." But y'all are going through this so fast. I don't know what these numbers mean. I have mm. to digest it. And they just assumed we all did. Yeah. And we asked around, and sure enough, about half the group was like, no, we're just kind of taking your word on it. So we had to come back and create a different tool, a visual tool, and we called it a dashboard. And we created a visual dashboard showing, are we meeting goal, not meeting goal? Are we on target or not target? Are we running empty? I mean, it really was a gap. It was like a very graphical, like you were driving a car. There was a speedometer. There was a odometer. There was, but it was visual, and it said then right behind it was all the data. And we kind of covered that a little bit today with our communication style. You communicate in the style, not your style, but the style that you want to build a relationship with. Before we get too far away from the the language part, I uh, have a, a funny quick story. I was in the Navy, and I was stationed in Japan, and I was on the USS Kitty Hawk aircraft carrier. And for one deployment, I was assigned to night shift in the print shop. And so it was a very boring, methodical, like, you you know, you know how it goes. You could do it on autopilot with your brain. So I got the Pimsler's Speak and Understand Japanese audio tapes. I loaded them on my iPad right. or on my iPod. And you're showing your age now, you know, you yes. realize that you're showing how young you are. <laughs> well, at the same time, you know, I don't think a iPhone would have much reception in a giant metal box. Anyway, you have right. to go to something that's recorded. And I would do that for probably 10 hours a day. And because it was, it was the night shift, there weren't many people working. So I would just out loud say all this stuff to the point where my mouth would hurt because you use different muscles for different languages. And I really think my Japanese language ability grew by leaps and bounds in that one deployment because that's what I did 10 mm-hmm. hours every day. But you, on the other hand, you might just, it may not work at all. You'd just be right. like, well, and knows? I think I, you know, I, I have to, I have to concentrate on it because I, right. I, I have what I call ADOS attention deficit. Ooh, shiny. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I can't even get the disorder. I mean, I just, I have I, not heard that one. That's yeah. pretty funny. And, uh, uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, I'm so ADD. I can't even get to, I can't even get to the, to the disorder. I mean, it's, it's attention deficit. Ooh, shiny. Because, uh, 
Uh, it's, it's all has to be bells and whistles to me. We kind of touched on it just a second ago about the different types of personality styles. So we'll go backwards. This was towards the end of your talk today, but right. I want to give people a, a sense if they weren't there, kind of what you talked about and what the takeaways were. So kind of tell me about personality styles and differences. Okay, really, and once again, going back to the theme today for the for the whole event, it was about teams and teamwork. Mm-hmm. And so I get invited into organizations all the time, and they'll say, Kent, can you come teach us teams? Can you do some teamwork with us? And, we, and it, that might be what they want. They really want to have some fun games because I believe in, and I have a motto, I have a T-shirt that I wear all the time. It says, play, trust, learn. If I can get everybody to play together, we'll start trusting one another. If we trust one another, we'll start learning something. Mm. So, I was, I, so I'm a big believer in that. I, but I think so often when people think, of, let's do a team-building activity, they, they immediately think of games and initiatives. And that's, that is critical. What we did today, though, was I focused on primarily was – how do we build relationships? Mm-hmm. And so I, f- I focused on the research by Tony Asandra. He's written several books. Uh, one of them is called The Platinum Principle. One of them is called Relationship Strategies. That was the first book I read before I read The Platinum Principle. And what he talks about that, he says, we all grew up with the golden rule. The golden rule is you know, treat others the way you want to be treated. And it's mm-hmm. a great rule. We teach our kids that, but it's, very, it's, it's about us. Mm-hmm. He says, all right, let's don't get rid of the rule. One, we don't want the church after us. So, <laughs> but he says, but pr- let's add to it. Let's add the, print, the platinum principle. And the platinum principle adds to the golden rule saying, if I want to build a relationship, and that's really what team building is about, relationships, communicate the way people want to communicate. So, that, so the, before we did that and what we did in the class today, you have to, before you can start communicating in other ways styles, you've got to learn your style. Mm-hmm. And so we spent today about an hour and a half taking a little in-session in assessment, learning about our behavioral styles, very similar to the DISC, Myers-Briggs, but it's different. Or the P60. The P60 that we have, and I love the P60. Matter of fact, I usually compliment that. I usually do the bird style, and if we have another 30 or 40 minutes, then I'll pass out their P60. Mm-hmm. So really it's about building those relationships, And so, but you first learn your personality style. Just like the learning style we talked about earlier, we all have a preferred personality style. Mm-hmm. And if we go through life speaking like ourselves, we've basically alienated three-quarters of the, of the people we, we potentially run into because mm-hmm. there's not everybody has the same personality style. So that's what we did today. We, today we really focused on learning our styles, learning the strengths and potential weaknesses or perceptions of our style. And we even saw it in some of the groups. The, the four styles are, it measures two things. It measures your priority. What's your priority? Are you more supported? Are you more task-oriented or controlling? Mm-hmm. And then it also measured the pace. Were you indirect in your communication style or, or direct in your style? So it was a two-by-two two matrix. So if you're in the upper half, if you're in the For top. those visualizing at home. That's right. I'm trying to visualize. I, you, and and you, those you know, in, uh, on the podcast, you can't see me. I'm moving my hands. Randy's making fun of me because I'm visually moving my hands. And That makes sense, though. People need to understand. So you're, you're, the two-by-two two matrix is like the square cut into four parts. Right, exactly. It's just square. Yeah. It's, and, and, and if you visualize at the very top, at the very top it says supporting, relationships. Those are, that's what the priority is. And at the bottom it says controlling and task-oriented. So if you're in the top half – uh, of that square, you would say, so you're, you're lean more toward the relationships. doesn't mean that you don't want to work. It's just that the relationships is out of the two, your priority is relationships. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we kind of focused on there. The second part of it is the, the left to right. So if you're on the left-hand side of the square, 
uh, you're you're much more indirect. You work at a more deliberate, not a slow pace, but a deliberate pace. Because mm-hmm. that deliberate may be fast. It's just the fact that you just want to think about it for a moment. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other side uh, is more fast paced, you know, quicker, more direct in their communication style. Right. So it breaks up into four four quadrants. Uh, so you have a two by two matrix. Uh, so if you're in the upper left hand corner, so if you visualize in a square in the upper left hand corner. That means that you're at the top. It means you're relationship-oriented, and you're also indirect. That's a dove, and a dove is a relationship person. That's a peacemaker. Doves are peace. If you're in the bottom left, so if you're still on the left hand, you're still on the indirect side, but your priority is not relationships. It's more of uh, being details, task-oriented. Mm-hmm. That makes you an owl. And when you think of an owl, I think of wise and wisdom. Yeah. And owls are detailed people. They're the ones that want the the – Show me the spreadsheet. Show mm-hmm. me the numbers. And they want to make sure all the numbers add up. Right. You know, accuracy is important. All right, let's move to the right-hand side. Uh, so if you're looking at your square and you're looking at the right-hand, upper right-hand corner, that's the peacocks. They're very relationship-oriented, like the doves, but they work at a very fast pace. Obviously, I'm a peacock. <laughs> uh, I'm a flaming anybody, peacock. Anybody <laughs> had any doubt? That's right. Peacocks are socially, they're networkers. They're the ones that, they're the salespeople. They're the ones that are really out there, just kind of raw, 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 very enthusiastic. You know, do you? And I think I even shared this in the workshop today. Do you want to hear the facts or do you want to hear a story? Right. And uh, <laughs> you know, and I even telling that story about my wife. You know, you know, I, I made the joke at the very start of the of the workshop today. Like, oh yes, I went to Stephen F. Austin State University. I met my wife at Stephen F. Austin State University. She was my roommate's girlfriend. He went home for the summer and we eloped. And everybody laughs, and you heard some people gasp. Well, that's a true story, but it didn't really play out quite that dramatic it was you know i think her and my roommate dated you know a month or two they broke up and about a year later or so yeah you know she and i started dating and then that's one summer we did elope but it was not that way doesn't get laughs that, 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 that they don't get laughs and it doesn't sound as i mean it's like that's kind of a boring story in Kent. big deal you so you met someone you knew him for a couple of years and you got married big you made deal. it more peacocky i made it i made it about me you know <laughs> Uh, but peacocks are very, and then we have people as workplace. Then the, the the final bird is in the in the bottom right hand corner. If you have your two by two square, or you know your two by two metric, the bottom right hand of the square, very task oriented, working at a very deliberate pace, a very fast pace, is your eagles, mm-hmm. and they're results oriented. So the four birds again is upper left hand corner is your doves. They're relationship oriented. They're your peacemakers. The bottom left hand corner is your uh, owls. They're very detail-oriented. Those are your analytical people. Top right-hand corner is your peacocks. That's your socializer, your networkers. And the bottom left-hand corner is your is your eagles. Those are your results-oriented people. It's kind of funny. Madeline, our operations person here, she didn't see herself as this, but she's like, oh, I got dove. And I said, well, of course you're a dove because Carlos, our graphic designer, and myself are probably owls. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't take the assessment. I think I need yes, to do that. Yes, you will. Still. You will do I that. Need to do that. And I'm 100% positive that Chip is an eagle. Oh, yeah, Chip's an eagle. I knew that. And you need a dove to make the peace between mm-hmm. the owls and the eagles. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, and the owls, and, and once again, you know, in, you know, as I showed you, the, the owls and eagles actually, y'all are all about getting the job done. Very yeah. task oriented, very task oriented. Owls are more detailed than eagles. Eagles are more just results 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 right. your peacocks uh, are more of the socializers they're generalizing you know once again it's like hey you know if we're, if we're gonna do an event let's just have a let's have a good time let's make sure everybody's having a good time the details they'll work themselves out uh, i thought an, about another perspective maybe right. you can have on this so the way the birds view things may also have to do with their personality style so 
the eagle, he's kind of like he's on task to find his prey, mm-hmm. and he's going to be hanging out there real high, and he has a view of everything, right? Mm-hmm. And the owl is going to be a little closer to the ground and have that very focused attention, but they might miss something on the periphery because they're looking very detailed, detailed at the very very specific thing. So that's kind of similar to how they would actually, you know, based on their personality, how they would react in certain situations. And then the dove, I'm not sure how that fits in exactly, mm-hmm. but the idea that they're, they're up higher and they see things more as well. So I do find myself sometimes uh, getting lost in the details mm-hmm. and going, oh, I've missed my result because I was trying to get this perfect. Just exactly. Per- no, and and I, I could see that. The uh, one, uh, you know, tying this back to the P60 or P60, you know, obviously eagles are very similar to A's. Mm-hmm. The A, the A. I would say that the B type is very similar to the the peacocks. Yep. And then I would say the C is very similar to the owls, mm-hmm. and the D's are very similar to the doves. And so that's the way they kind of they. It's not a perfect alignment right. because I've actually done. I have given the bird assessment and the P60 to the same people, and I was trying to see if there was a correlation. And it's kind of a mixed. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I've had some you know peacocks show up at being A on the on the assessment on the P60 and because they're measuring something they're similar but they're different. Right. And so people get hung up sometimes where they've taken the Myers-Briggs or the disc assessment and they'll say well this is are the true colors and I'm like they're all but similar but they're all measuring something a little different. It was funny to me you had all the different groups get together and kind of meet the birds. Yes, <laughs> and they they would kind of write down what their strengths and weaknesses were as a bird, mm-hmm. as their type personality. And then they were tasked with thinking about how they would communicate with the other birds in their office space, right? I used to, I, you know, I used to, when I, and I had more time, and uh, this was kind of a condensed workshop, but the uh, I used to set them up for failure. I mean, I really, I mean, I really would, I would purposely give the owls, you know, lined paper uh, with a black marker. And that was, you know, what I, all I gave them. Uh, then I would purposely give the peacocks, you know, blank paper, and I would give them, you know, a bag of colors <laughs> and, uh, you know, and encourage them. I mean, I would egg them on. But what I found was they were missing the point. They were, they, then they really were, truly were just being birds. Right. And what I, the point of the workshop and the, really the point of working in an office and having teamwork, it's not about, and I used this, my bad joke, my one bad joke that just fell flat was I don't want to pigeonhole anybody. <laughs> and it just, no one, no one caught that joke. I think out. I politely chuckled. Yeah. But but I, you know really it's not about saying hey I'm a peacock that's who I am, it's more of about saying wait a minute this is my behavioral style this is my personality style at work all right that's great I now know that I'm aware of that but if I want to build a relationship if I want to follow the platinum principle and I want to work on my teams I truly want if I truly want a team I need to say okay what strengths does a peacock have. That you know, I bring enthusiasm, I bring excitement, I bring big picture, I bring creative, but also at the same time, I realize that my enthusiasm, my excitement, my rah rah rah, might rub other people wrong, and that may not help the relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think about Mike Goosett. Mike's a real good friend of ours from California. Been on the podcast. Been on the podcast, and uh, great guy. He's obviously an owl. He and I are completely opposites. Yeah, and I know, and he's told me. Dude, dial it back. Lower your volume. Now, he's not being rude to me. It, what, what, what I've learned is he's an owl. Mm-hmm. So I know that if I want to build a strong relationship with someone like Mike, and I do, uh, and he knows that, I've got to dial back my natural peacock tendency. It's not because I need to change who I am. It's the fact that it's out of respect, the fact that I need to be 
you know, I need to work with him, and that's the part I can do. Do you want to hear some funny observations from somebody as who is observing all this stuff and kind of filming it? Yes. The first group I was with was the owls, and you hadn't come by and offered them very direct directions, right? So they were they were all kind of standing around. They were like, "So I think he said this was what we need to do. Is that right? Are you in charge?" They were kept pointing, like, "No, no, 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 not me, not me." I mean. Here, I haven't written down what, we're, what I think we're supposed to do, but I'm not the leader. It's not me. It's not me. Meanwhile, I go over to the Eagles. They are talking over each other, mm-hmm. and they are talking about the fact that Eagles sometimes will interrupt. And they were interrupting each other to make that point. <laughs> I hate it when people are interrupting me when I'm trying to interrupt you. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> and then the, the Peacocks, the, it, this cracked me up. They said this when they were presenting. The, the King Peacock, as I call him, the guy who presented, I interviewed him later. He said, you know, at one point we were just having such a good time, I forgot what we were supposed to be doing. <laughs> and I was like, that is such a peacock. peacock that's right. And, and then also we had on one of the, the very first Charity Champions podcast, the executive director for the Boys and Girls Club here in Waco, uh, James Jarman. And he's just a very sweet, lovable guy. He was in the Doves. Right. And he was one of two males. The rest of them were all females. I was like, is there something to that? I went over to him like, James, are you sure you're in the right group? He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm in the right group. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's really interesting. And, and I, you know, I had them fill it out based on their work relationship. Right. Because we may be different. And that's what I told somebody. I said, you may have a different style. Based on this assessment, you may have a different style at home. Mm-hmm. So if you're a single parent, you might be more of an eagle. Mm-hmm. Or with your kids, you might be more of something else. But... I wanted to do it for work because we were obviously in a work environment. I was I was doing this assessment with the Family Crisis Center in Nacogdoches, Texas, or East Texas, Lufkin, Nacogdoches, and it's the Women's Shelter Family Crisis Center. Phenomenal organization. I've worked with them for a number of years. Makes a huge impact in East Texas. And you would assume what what kind of bird do you would you assume that here I'm talking to the Family Crisis Center? What do you assume most of them would be? You would think doves, right? You would think doves, and actually there were a few doves, and they were the counselors in the mm-hmm. organization. The majority of them were peacocks, and I was like, oh my gosh, how is that possible? Well, what what were they? What are they? They ran the they run the thrift store, mm-hmm. so they have to be out in the public. They're either their job required them to go raise money and do grants or do training or interventions. And then you had the financial people. They were the owls. And then obviously this, the, the, the CEO, the director, the executive director was an eagle. And so was her assistant director. Mm-hmm. And, and But the majority of them were peacocks. But also the majority of the employees work in what I call a public environment of this very private – you know, you consider it to be a very private nonprofit organization. Mm-hmm. But it's really not. It's, a, it, it's an advocacy group. And, you know, but the counselors were, were doves. Do you ever run it this way where you have people go to where they think they are and then you kind of surprise them and say, actually, you thought you were this, but you're this? I do that with the P60. I do that with the P60, and I stole that shamelessly from Chip Wilson. Uh, I saw Chip do that, and I'm like, oh, that's, that's the great way to do it. And I have them go to their group. Then I, then I make them physically walk across the room back to their group. I said, meet your walk group. Meet, meet your people. Meet your people. <laughs> uh, but that's, you know, that's, it's really neat about our, our own perceptions, and that came out today. Uh, one lady says, you know, I – we don't see ourselves. Sometimes we don't. We get caught up, and we don't see ourselves the way we really are. Uh, we see ourselves the way we think we are, mm-hmm. and, I, and that goes back to that perception. You know, per- perception is reality. We perceive ourselves as being, oh, I'm a great communicator, and we're not. We'll be right back. And now it's time to meet 360 Solutions strategic partner Meg Pogue. 
from Austin, Texas. Most of my career was in the nonprofit world and after 10 plus years as the CEO of a nonprofit, decided I had had enough of the stress and I actually had had a close mentor who volunteered for my organization named Bill Forsberg and he was Ross Perot's right-hand man in all three of Ross's companies doing leadership development and organizational development. So he coached me, he was what I call my secret advisor. We met monthly for coffee for five years as I grew my organization and acquired other organizations and I realized I wanted to be like Bill. And Bill pointed me to 360 Solutions and I went out on my own just recently. It's been great. If, like Meg, you're ready to help organizations develop their leaders, consider partnering with 360 Solutions. Our high-performance leadership framework helps businesses run more efficiently with an engaged workforce. Find out about partnering with 360 Solutions at 360solutions.com partner. Again, that's 360solutions.com partner. And now back to the show. It is interesting because I enjoy talking to people and having dialogue like we're doing now. I mean, I'm on two different podcasts, so you would think I'd be more B, but I'm really not. Mm. And while I enjoy doing it, it does take some energy from me. And I find people that are not true, outgoing people, they have that same situation. Meanwhile, I have a, a really good friend of mine who gets his energy from other people. I'm just, I'm just impressed you have friends, but I mean, it's, no, I'm <laughs> we're all but, big nerds. That's right, so that's right. We have to hang out with each other. It's kind of like right. Big Bang Theory or something. That's right, yes. So it, it is funny to me, people that you may assume to be one way are actually the other way, and you may they may know it, and you may not even know it. Right. Connie Podesta uh, said this, and I've, I've stolen it shamelessly, and I use it. And, and I, I remember going to Disney. I remember going to Disney World with my... Uh, kids and my wife wanted to go and i think i'm still paying for that and that was 10 years ago i'm joking <laughs> disney's an awesome organization i didn't get it i didn't get it i was like why aren't we going to disney why don't we go to six flags why, why aren't you know it's a theme park what's the big deal well after going to disney world and experiencing disney world i get it i mean it's just it's the whole customer service experience that raving fan experience the cleanliness of the park how it's all integrated you're the second person on this podcast to say that and and what i learned what i learned about disney and so I started buying books. And while I was there, I picked up several books. I'm a, I'm a reader, and I, I like reading different things. And so I picked up several of their books about customer service. I even picked up one on hospitals, you know, if Disney ran your hospital. And uh, <laughs> uh, so I was reading all these books. And what I found out was Disney World does not have an HR department. Did you know that? I didn't know that. They don't have an HR department. They don't hire people. They cast people. Their HR department is called casting and they don't hire people for jobs. They cast you to play a role. That role might be played Cinderella. It might be played Mickey or Minnie or Donald or Goofy on Main Street. It might be to play a security guard or a public or a, a groundskeeper or a ride operator. Or maybe it's a customer service rep in one of their sto- retail stores. And as long as you show up every day and play your role, you've got a job. <laughs> the day you show up and you can't play your role, we have an understudy. Hmm. And I got to thinking about it. Maybe that's what we need to do is quit hiring people and, and cast instead cast people play a role. Instead of hiring someone that can to, to be a receptionist, cast someone to play that role that likes interacting with the public. Hmm. I was doing this workshop at a, at, a, at a credit union one time, and a lady in the back, thank God she worked in the back office. But she was back in the back office, and she says, well, Kemp, this is just who I am. I'm not happy, happy, happy all the time. <laughs> And I leaned in. I said, I know, and we don't like who you are. Why do you think we're in this workshop? Well, the, the point of all that is, is we all play a role. 
And I think we do have to sometimes in our in our jobs, and this is where the personality comes in. We need to put our Disney mask on. We need to pull up, you know, here at the you know here when you pull up at the bank building here uh, to come into the towers, you've got to stop and you kind of got to put that Disney mask on, and you got to play that role. And if it's to play a leader, or if it's to play a, a receptionist, or it's a bank teller, and you need to play your role every day, and your personality plays into that. And so it really it starts with you being aware of who you are. And so today's topic was teams and teamwork. What do I bring to the team? It's not about the others, but it's what do I bring to the team and how can I build solid relationships? And if I have to play a different role uh, in, my, in the meetings, uh, that's the role I need to play. Do you find that in most organizations you work with, they have a mix or are there some organizations that are – very blanketly one type of personality. I have not, I have not seen any. I've, I've been doing the, the bird assessment, I guess, for about 10 years now, and I haven't seen any organization that's been lopsided. Some smaller, obviously, when you have a smaller group, you know, sometimes you get one one of bird, or sometimes you might not get any. Like I was, I did it, uh, where did I, I did it recently with a city government, and it was a small office, and there was no owls. There was just happened to be no, I mean, mm-hmm. and I was like, that's not a big, that's why I do it at the very end, you know, so I did those slides, because sometimes, we get a weak group, or we only have a small group. Right. When you have a group of a hundred, that was today was pretty evenly broken up. Yeah, it was interesting. You had them go up and plot on the uh, the matrix. The matrix. On the matrix. You yeah. had them plot exactly where they were and put their initials there, and it was all over the place. Well, and I do that for I do that for an activity two reasons. One, there's always people still. There's people that are finished, and there's people still working. So I have to give those people finish something to do. <laughs> so queuing them up in a line keeps them busy a little bit. <laughs> Two, it, trick. it gives me it gives me a visual representation of where's everybody at. It also allows it allows us to while they're in line to check their scores to help make sure. So it gives us a, a good way to do all those things. Had this been one organization, also now I've captured that data because it unlike the P sixty, this was a, a, a pen and paper assessment. So ah, now so now I've captured faster. Now 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 I've captured the the information for the manager to go. What's my team? Where's, where's my team at? So how do I communicate? And I've done that with a, with a company and have the manager take that sheet and hang it in their office for a month. And they talked about where they were at and why people are this way. You know, it was interesting too, filming the people in line. The Eagles would go up there with their pen in hand, the cap off, and they would plot it right away. The owls were like double checking their scores. And wanted to be sure. precisely. And wanted to be yeah, precisely. They're like measuring exactly how high. And then... The doves were like helping the people that didn't understand exactly how to plot their thing. Oh, if if you do this, and then the peacocks were holding up the line because they were chatting with the person. Bingo! Behind them. I, it, it, I mean, <laughs> and that's exactly exactly, and that's really what it's about. It's about once you start, and so you you're now seeing it now in people, and that, it's not hard to really start seeing what kind of bird stuff. Going back to the the theme of teams and teamwork. It's not about you. It's not about the golden rule. It's about so it's not about your bird style, but it's about that platinum principle and un- understanding the fact that if you go into it with the full intent of how do I build a solid relationship, how do I build relationships, it's how can I communicate and make someone feel good. Think about you, when you met your wife. I mean, we, we and I tell folks this all the time. She's a strong but, eagle. That's right. When you meet, but when you meet your significant <laughs> other, you know, wherever whoever it is, wherever it's at, did you go into it and you were like. Me, 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 me. No, you, on the first day, you know, so what's your major? Yeah. You know, what do you like? What kind of music do you like? You know, you were very accommodating, but you were trying to learn their style and find out what they like. Oh, you like going to the farmer's market? I love going to the farmer's market. <laughs> and, you know, and you, you find out what they like and you did things they liked. And it really was a two-way street. And that's how relationships get started. 
so if it works in marriage and or in families, why shouldn't it work at work? And what I mean by that is I should go into work every day, not trying to be accommodating, but being respectful enough that realizing that my style might be offensive to somebody else, and that's going to hurt our relationship, or that my style may help me develop a relationship. So that's real. Go ahead. Also, inversely, if you're the person who is offended by that style, realizing that, that that's that person's personality and trying to meet them in the middle or at least make them aware of it or say, you know, it bothers me when you do this, but I understand that's how you are. If you could try not to, that'd be great. You know, if if not, then, you know, we're, we'll figure it out. But being aware from the other side of that as well. Right. Yeah, it's not because I think some, and I th- that's that's the other challenge. I mean, now we're getting now we're getting into the psychology. Oh, of man. It, I know. But no, it's and it really to me, it's fascinating. You know, you talk about podcasts and reading and so forth. This, I mean, that's really I was a liberal arts major, so I wasn't a psychology major. But the whole science behind this and really about human behavior in the workplace. But you're absolutely right. We, sometimes we make it personal. You know, I don't know why I like it. I just don't like that person. Mm-hmm. And that's someone who's really not aware of themselves, uh, whether they're, they're not aware of themselves. They, they don't know how to express their frustration. Yeah. Instead, they get mad and angry, and then the teams break down. When really, when it's, it's like, Kent's going to be loud. Yeah. Kent's going to be boisterous. And we need to let Kent know that, hey, this is a setting that he doesn't need to do that in because he may not even be aware he's doing it. And I'm not. Today, at the end, what did you have to tell me? Kent, Kent. <laughs> You know, I'm trying to record something here. Can you quieten down just a bit? Well, I wasn't doing anything I out of that nice. No, but I wasn't quite. Uh, but at the same time, it didn't offend me either. Uh, uh, but but you know, but I, I didn't realize I was being loud. I was just being Kent. Right. And I have to be reminded of that you know inside voice, inside voice, Kent. It's funny because I also feel like you know you have those dynamics where to a dove, an eagle may seem like a mean person because they're just trying to get things done and they are not thinking about maybe how they say it. They're just trying to get to the goal. Mm-hmm. And the eagle might be mad at the peacock because yeah. the peacock is getting stuff done, but you know, not on the eagle schedule right. and not the way the eagle would do it. That's right. So, And that, that's what you say. I mean, and, and the more you get into this, especially when you do this with, a, with an office and a team, when you do the assessment like that, what you start finding is you start finding those styles and you start saying, and then you start having those dialogues about, okay, I'm an eagle. I like things done a certain way and I want it done at a certain time. But I'm not communicating that. But I, but, but I thought, but, but, but I thought about it, and you should have known what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Then they, once they kind of catch themselves, they, ah, oh, that's why we're having a conflict. It's not Randy's fault. It's Kent's fault. <laughs> well, it's kind of like that that police officer I told you, where he, you know, he didn't want to be a dove. And then when I said, "What do you do?" and he says, "I'm the, you know, I'm the training officer, and I'm the family victims officer," it just dawned on him. That, Oh my gosh, I'm relationship oriented. You can be a tough guy and be a dove. That's right. That's right. The, exactly. Right. The guy earlier, James, I was talking about, he played football at Baylor. I yeah. mean, he's not, you wouldn't think of him as a dove, but right. he's a dove. Yeah. It's interesting you brought in like kind of relationships into this as well, because the only, the other correlation I've seen is like the five love languages. Mm-hmm. And basically, when I read that, the whole idea of that is to say different people get their love in certain ways. And if you can meet them where they are, you'll have a much better time at being loving towards each other and everyone's a little bit different right. and it's it seems like it's exactly the same in the office well it is and, and of course jerry nick today was there a friend of our a colleague of ours uh, randy you and i have from katie 
uh, Jerry always picks up and he goes like, Ken, he goes, you're on to something here. And he, he's noticed that apparently I've been using this relationship theme in every one of my workshops. <laughs> what well, may not be the birds, but I, I really believe that. And I think you, you know, I used another model that, you know, for us to be a high performance team, there's lots of elements in a high performance team. And we talk about the, one of the models for a team, you got to have a charter and a design and the relationships. And there's other models, the five steps of models. Are we storming, forming, norming, whatever the whole thing is. But I always say that to be a high-performance team, you've got to have trust. Mm-hmm. And, that, and trust is – and I define trust in that setting is my confidence in your ability to do the job. So I've got to have trust to, to have a high-performance team. But to get that trust, you've got to have relationships. Mm-hmm. And so, I, so apparently I, – I, I, and I didn't realize I was doing this until Jerry pointed out – in every one of my workshops, whether it's a communication workshop, a customer service workshop, a leadership workshop, somehow I tie it back to, are you building relationships? And are you building relationships? And it's about how do you go about building strong relationships throughout your entire career, whether it's a sales. So like today, even I was talking to someone during the break with the uh, one of the nonprofits, and we were talking about networking and sales and development. How do you develop do- donors? And I said, it's about building relationships. Mm-hmm. The stronger the relationship is, the better they're going to they're gonna commit to your organization. The looser the relationship, the less likely they're going to be committed to your organization. That's why universities do so well in, in development versus some other organizations. You know, the, the hospital has a tougher time. The, the hospital foundation has a tougher time raising money than the uh, Baylor alumni. Why? Mm-hmm. Because there's a, there's a relationship there. Whereas they've had four years of your time they, and possibly yeah. your parents and all that stuff. You know, the, the, the Nacogdoches uh, Memorial Hospital Foundation, you know, I haven't had any family members go through the cancer center. You know, I, mean, I haven't had any life. My emotional connection there is we had the flu. We went in and they took care of the flu. We had a, you know, my gallbladder. <laughs> it's went, important. Yeah. Went in and had, the, you know, went in and had my gallbladder removed. You know, yeah. Whatever it may be, I've been to the ER once or twice, but there's not really that emotional connection. Now, had they take care for my, uh, you know, a family member, or a grandmother, or a great aunt, or a parent, you know, through their, the, the end of life, there might be a better connection there. But it's about building those relationships. So how do you build those relationships, especially for nonprofits, for charities? Yeah. You want to build, whether it's, it's, whether it's the food bank or whether it's a, a, a literacy program or a veterans program, you want to make sure you're building relationships because when you have those relationships, that's when people are going to be much more emotionally tied to your organization. Yeah. I, I love all of our charity champions that we have, and I've gotten to know them a lot through doing podcasts. But you're right there. If you have a relationship, a commonality, they're more top of mind than they would be otherwise. Mm-hmm. So just today I was talking to Tom with the ARC, and they do help with people with disabilities. And so my youngest son has disabilities. And so we have something to talk about. I have a relationship. You know, I feel like I want to know more about it. And then also I was with the Lisa Russell from the Veterans One Stop. She came by and she said, oh, I want to see you at this event. And I was like, oh, what is this? What is this? And it's a 5K run during Navy week. Right. And she's like, she remembered that I was in the Navy, also a veteran. And she was like, you know, so I have this sort of relationship where we have 24 charity champions and i don't have as close of a relationship but it's built on kind of this shared understanding of each other once again it goes back to relationships even though today's topic was teams and team building or teamwork and i and i like i said i get invited a lot of times and i'll say can't can you come to our organization and do team building and yes sometimes that means let's all go do paintball sometimes let's, hey, that let's, sounds good yeah uh, or hey let's let's you know let's get the spider web and let's lift people through and let's do team building hands-on and i wanted to do some of those things obviously but with 98 people it's very it's difficult hard. to do that but you don't have to do those types of events 
but you do have to a key component of building good solid teams regardless of the organization is you got to have good relationships here at the bank you know well chip and i talk to the ceo all the time and you know we tell him you've got to have a relationship with every employee they've got to have a right if you want them to follow you mm-hmm. uh and anyway you can take that to any organization i mean all the way up to the highest elected of offices throughout any jurisdiction if you don't if you're out of touch i watched the uh and it's a it's purely fiction i'm mean, not the movie but the the scene uh the darkest hour recently about uh winston churchill and the, yeah and i watched that the other day on uh, uh itunes and but uh, i was watching the darkest hour and at uh, one scene you know right before world war ii they were discussing whether we should, if, when England should sue for peace with uh, Hitler, or should they go to war. He takes the advice of the king to hear from the people. And he jumps out of his car and he takes the subway. And he makes earlier reference that he's never been in the subway before, and so he goes down to the subway and he runs into a little girl who recognizes him as Winston Churchill. Mm-hmm. And he goes, "Do you know how to read this?" And he goes, "Yes, I'm trying to get the West Member. How do I get there?" And she says, "Take the yellow one, two stops, and get off." He says, "Okay," and she's just awestruck. But he gets on the subway car, and everybody recognizes him, and he's awestruck, and they're just talking. And so he asks. He asks the people, and he just starts having a conversation with the people about should we sue for peace or should we fight him? And they said, fight him to the death. Let's fight the Nazis to the death. And I think leaders forget that sometimes. They get caught up in their own little circle. They don't build relationships with their consumers, with their customers. It's where podcast helps, where getting out, sometimes just getting out and pressing the flesh and listening instead of talking mm-hmm. about how do I build a relationship with you? What do you need? What do you want? Uh, what benefits you? I like the saying that you can call yourself a leader, you can read all the leadership books, but if nobody's following you, you're just out for a walk. You're just a, you're just a fellow out for a walk. That's <laughs> right. I, I love that. I love that. And you don't want to get too far out in front of them. And I, you know, I even told the equals that. I said, you know, you don't want to get too far out in front of them because if you get too far out in front, once again, you're now just a guy or fellow just out taking a walk. So also talking about building relationships, the the first exercise you had them do was to do this coat of arms thing. Can yep. you kind of tell me about yep. that? Yeah, yeah. We mentioned it earlier. We mentioned it earlier today, uh, or earlier in the podcast. But the coat of arms really is a you know I had them really put down three to six things in in a visual concept about them, telling about themselves. And the part of that it goes back to I think I mentioned it was AT and T. I went to, and AT and T has a program where they have a manager if they hire somebody. That manager is supposed to go in and talk to that employee within the first 24 hours of their employment, meaning the first, really the first two days, mm-hmm. sometimes in the first two days. They want to sit down and say, hey, Randy, what's going on? What's about, you know, and not talk about work, but just get a, kind of get to know that person. If they're going to be, if you're going to be supervising somebody, you need to get to know them. Now you can say, well, we got that information in the interview. We got that information. No, you didn't. You know, you kind of, you kind of touched on it. This is a, let's get a, whatever your style is. Mine would be, hey, let's get a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, let's walk over, let's walk over to McDonald's and get a cup of coffee. Well, there's coffee in the break room. I know there's coffee in the break room. I like McDonald's coffee. You know, and the whole yeah. idea is you're just trying to get that one-on-one time. And so I think when we, the, the coat of arms is just, that was an activity I had them do where they basically graphically drawn out describing their lives. And I think I put on the screen, tell me something about your hobbies, your family. Tell me something about you, your vocation. If you notice, I didn't say anything about faith, 
but probably 80% of them a lot of them did had had faith in there as a foundation anchor mm-hmm. which I, and that's what Jerry Jerry pointed that out he goes have you always noticed and I was like it's yeah. also nonprofits you know non-profit, in Waco they, Texas uh, yeah a lot of not faith and what I didn't see uh, I didn't you know I didn't see a lot of uh, I, normally I see a lot of this is Aggies Texas Aggies tend to they <laughs> some they always have a, the A&M you know there that cuz once again that's an emotional connection that's a foundation of who they are and I make fun of it but it's not a bad thing mm-hmm. uh and it, I mean, I think there's there's something cool about that. What I like about the, the coat of arms is it's a fun way, and it's different than just sitting around the table going, Randy, tell me about you. Oh, my name is Randy. You know, once again, you normally get this name, rank, serial number. Instead, with the coat of arms, you're getting a little more creativity. Oh, I like golf. Oh, you like, I like golf. I like kayaking. It's You start finding out what, what drives people. Are they readers, not readers? So. I like when, when I'm introducing myself to somebody else or when I meet them. I've tried this a few times. Sometimes people freak out. I go... Hey, I'm Randy. What do you like to do that nobody else knows about? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> or something I, like that. I, I've done, it was funny. I, we, uh, I don't know if I can say this in the podcast. Oh, I'm going to say it, and you can always edit it out if you don't like it. <laughs> we, I was uh, in a new group called the Texas Lyceum, and uh, we, got, we were doing a, what they call a cocktail party. And this is, a, uh, this is a, not, a, not a real cocktail party. This is an icebreaker game where everybody walks around like you're holding a cocktail glass, and you're not really. You're just kind of air. It's like an air cocktail and you're supposed to walk around and just chit chat, introduce yourselves, and ask them what you know. Ask them a question: What do they do? What do you do? What do you, you know? Where are you from? And you kind of walk around, and you're supposed to try to meet as many people as you can in the two minute period. So you just kind of, hi, my name's Kent. What's your name? Oh, hey, Randy. What do you do, Randy? Oh, you live in Waco. Okay, nice meeting you, Randy. I gotta go. And you just kind of walk around. Then they finally say, okay, stop. Who are you, whoever you're with. So really, they're just kind of mixing you up. So now you're next to somebody you really don't know. All right, now. You know, I want you to go a little deeper, talk about your family for just a minute. Now, tell them something that no one knows about you. Or does it, a lot of people doesn't know about you. Yeah. And so they, we did that. And it was just kind of, okay, now you got your bond. Then we, they went around and had us introduce ourselves. We went around the room and we introduced them. Hey, this is Kent. Does, and then the, the facilitator says, does anybody know anything about Kent that we all should know? And, of course, those things started coming out. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it was kind of a fun activity, uh, but but that that's you know that was a unique situation that wouldn't normally work in an office environment. You asked specifically about the coat of arms and the activity we did to, in today's event. That activity can be done in offices. I do it in my office every year, every year, and I'll say, okay, Tim, give me three foundational things that are still your rock, your foundation, and give me three things you've learned. But you've got to do it in a visual concept, and it's just a creative way. There were people that aren't creative. There are people that I know that drawing freaked them out a little bit. Uh, <laughs> a lot of stick figures. A lot of stick figures, and that's okay. It's not about the, it's not about the art, but it really, but what also you do find out who your artists are in the room too. Mm-hmm. But it's just a fun way. I think it's a fun way of doing it. It's just it's not. Is it the be all end all? Absolutely not. But it, the coat of arms is a fun activity. Uh, it's something that can be done. You can change the topics of it. Uh, but I I like doing it, particularly when I have people introduce themselves. Had it not been 98 people, I would have probably given them flip chart paper and have them come up to the front of the room and, and share that. But instead, we gave them, you know, art sketch, sketch pad, you know, just well, 11 by 17, and then had them just share it in their smaller groups. I do feel like everyone kind of walks around with certain walls up. And if you can say, you know, I want you to break down some of those walls. I want you to let some people in, know a little bit more about you than just who you are and what you do for work. You know, they really let them in will help them build that relationship. Yeah. It really, I mean, you think about anybody. I mean, there's people that, you, you know, there's people that, uh, you, that you meet at work uh, that you go, 
had we met on the street, had we met at Subway, just pat, would we be friends? And the answer is probably no. You know, uh, we look at our, you know, look at our either the way we dress, the way our, where we wear our, our hair, don't wear our hair. Yes, uh, there's people that we make judgments all the time, and that's why that's why I guess that's why we're having all this problem. I guess in the workplace now with sexual harassment. <laughs> so, but but really, you're you're at work more times mm-hmm. than not, and there's people that you meet at work, and you think, oh my God, had we not met at work, we would we wouldn't be friends. We don't run in the same circles. We don't have. But it's when you break down those barriers and you start really just kind of letting people into your life, you start building relationships. And so what, I, what my advice would be, not only for, for the charities that, that in today's programs, but really anybody within on this podcast listening, is if you want to build a strong team, it starts with relationships and it starts with you. And it starts with you recognizing your style and what are you comfortable with and not what makes you uncomfortable. And how do you stretch yourself and become more vulnerable? Because when you become more vulnerable, you create those relationships and you build relationships. Uh, I have some friends back in East Texas that folks go, oh my God, how did the two of you know, Kent, you're, you know, this is the political affiliation you affiliate with. And, you know, I affiliate with this other, the complete opposites. How are y'all such good buddies and friends? And we're like, well, we broke down those barriers and we started finding, well, we, what do we have in common? We know that we, we disagree on politics, but we found we, we really agree on this and that and you start finding the commonalities and really what we find is we have more in common than we don't if you want to have a high performance team you look for everything that's you look for win-win solutions and you look for those things that we do have in common peace on earth peace on earth yes (laughs) that's an excellent place to leave it i think kent if people want to get in touch with you how do they do that they can do that by uh they um uh, they can find me on facebook at fans of kent Tutchison. Or they can find me on Facebook at CJ Baxter Group. And my website is also cjbaxtergroup.com. CJ Baxter was my grandfather. He had nothing to do with the company, but he was my identical twin. If you look at a picture of me in black and white, it's my grandfather. So I named my company uh, after my grandfather. And uh, all nine of us you know, support, uh, support the company. And so it's a fantastic organization. Excellent. Well, thanks for coming on again, Ken. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us. Every little bit helps. Our website is hpleadershippodcast.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hpleadershippodcast. Follow us on Twitter at hpl underscore podcast. And shoot us an email at podcast at 360solutions.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.